0: I've made a huge mistake in rest development podcast i'm your host darren and today we're going to be talking about episode 12 of season four titled senioritis but with uh you know a little accent on the end there uh, broadcast on the 26th of may 2013 as with all the other episodes this one focuses on maybe who adds her own little kind of sounds to the the into the opening music uh, it was written by jim brandon and brian singleton both new writers for this season of arrested development And all the episodes were co-directed by Mitch Hurwitz and Troy Miller. This episode was the ninth out of 15 produced. And (laughs) it runs for 33 minutes and 33 seconds. So that is, uh, what, what, 12 minutes over a network sitcom? About 14 minutes over a network sitcom these days? (laughs) Um, So that's quite a large portion of time. Uh, Joining me to talk about this is Amber Stewart. Hello, Amber.
1: Hey, hermanos.
0: And the plot for it, uh, the summary as on the DVD goes like this: Maybe moves out on her own and reconnects with her cousin George Michael. That's literally all it says. <laughs> it doesn't, and that's that's not even that's not even completely accurate because maybe takes like a really long time to get to the point where her plot crosses over with George Michael's. Yeah. Um, you know, it, 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 it in this kind of very long episode, it still takes roughly about 15, 16 minutes before this actually, that actually becomes the plot. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of kind of um, setup, uh, but I, I like that we start with, you know, maybe um, as a high school senior, um, <laughs> something that obviously she was at the end of the previous season. So, you know, it's unclear exactly as to how far ahead we are. Um, and her boyfriend is Perfecto Tellers, um, which is what she says after they kiss. Um, and I liked the the way that um, you know they're kind of they're introduced by the narrator, who kind of he describes like the various lessons they have together.
1: You know, talking.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it, you know, saying that he's you know he's doing the, her her English homework even though English was his second language, and yeah. of course maybe says. Uh, if you do my Spanish you'll teach you how to French and I, I <laughs> my yes. favourite line about this is where the narrator says everyone can see that they had chemistry together And <laughs> they're quite are, literally uh, <laughs> yeah they're literally in the chemistry class- classroom and she's looking over at Perfecto and then of course uh, Donny Richter you know he he, um, he has an algebra um, class he, he, t- he talks about how you know he doesn't want to embarrass anyone so you know he has everyone close their eyes and if they pass the test they exit um and, and you know uh, the babies having babies crew is in there um which i think is quite funny um you know because obviously um you know <laughs> we find out later on that that is tobias's favorite show mm-hmm. maybe is you know a high school senior but she's been doing this for uh, a number of years and um you know they they don't want to call her a dummy so she ends up <laughs> um, being called an algebra and getting some tutoring, um, and this is where we, you know, we cross over with uh, George Michael's episode as we get his uh, his very carefully studied uh, fake shock as he finds maybe, um, you know, <laughs> obviously in his episode we found out that you know she she ended up you know being tutored by George Michael because he saw the grade that she had got. In algebra, um, and of course, it was just like a—it was a picture, wasn't it?
1: So, uh, is it a crocodile? No, no. no he gets a crocodile else. in
0: spelling. Yeah, no. I think it was like a—it was like an Elvis or something. And uh, when when he was told, he was like that bad. Like he understands <laughs> this this pic this picture, you know, this kind of pictorial grading system. Uh, I guess I mean he. The weirdest thing is he only spent about a week at openings. So I'm not quite sure how he fully understands, like, the, the ins and outs um, of the grading there. I
1: mean, George Michael strikes me as the kind of person who would want to know exactly what the grading scale is going to be. He's like, okay, just don't get an Elvis, I think is mainly the goal here. Like... After his kind of very studied
0: pretend, you know, um, I didn't realize it was you and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we we flashback you know, to five years earlier using the uh, the, the Netflix uh, rewind and we find out, you know, the narrator says, uh, after George Michael asks, didn't we graduate together five years ago? The narrator says, it was a decent question. <laughs> after all, it had been several years since the two uh, high school seniors got intimate. Um, and of course we find out that, you know, George Michael, uh, revealing that they might not be related. Um, and obviously, you know, Michael forces them to turn around mostly I think because George Senior is on the boat and so obviously he doesn't want to be you know escaping with George Senior once more and I like how maybe is um, still trying to get her parents attention something which will kind of drive a large portion of the plot for this episode um, and George Michael suggests that maybe he goes over and says to them hey maybe he's dead um, and, and obviously she doesn't want that um, and we get the um, the joke that kind of ties together a lot of the post-Queen Mary stuff, which is Tobias singing, it's just a fallacy. Um, God. Which kind of, <laughs> we see it from so many different angles. And at this particular point, you know, George Michael wonders what it's from. And of course, maybe says, it's from nothing. <laughs> uh, which kind of, it makes me laugh a little bit because it's like, well, <laughs> I like how Tobias has gone to the trouble of kind of, um, you know, making up these, uh, you know, thingamajigs, making up these kind of songs, um, but obviously, um, you know, <laughs> not, not doing them from anything, not actually, they not actually being a part of um, of something. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you know, and, and the fact that maybe kind of has, knows them well enough to know that they're not from musicals, they're just from him singing. <laughs> um, so
1: I had to wonder if that was kind of maybe like a, a circular reference to how Arrested Development is always referencing, referencing something from itself. So just for Tobias yeah. to not be referencing literally anything at all, it's just its own little funny <laughs> joke. He's that much off in his own world that <laughs> he can't even join in the fun of the circular reference. Um, and at this point, we find out, you know, that
0: um, George Michael is is kind of getting ready to want to be more serious with maybe. But obviously, when she says, you want to get more serious, he actually changes it to less serious, um, you know. And <laughs> we get the conversation where, you know, maybe <laughs> he says, you know, when, when George Michael says, my dad doesn't want us to get together, maybe he goes, and that doesn't make me hotter to you. <laughs> and of course, I like how he goes, I can see that argument, <laughs> but I think we should just be cousins. Um, <laughs> and... You know, of course, maybe, you know, <laughs> has first not been noticed that she hasn't drowned. And then, of course, her cousin now, you know, doesn't care about her now that she's at the height of her sexuality. <laughs> and I like, of course, how George Michael is like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm right there with you.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Uh,
0: but yeah, I, I like as well how it's George Michael who accidentally suggests the idea to maybe that maybe... She shouldn't graduate, Um, you know, given the idea that maybe a graduation would get their attention, maybe decides that she's going to flunk so that she doesn't graduate. Um, And, you know, she attempts this, but obviously she's unsuccessful uh, because in the next scene we find out, you know, um, courtesy of the first of Tobias and Lindsay's episodes, that um, they are... In India, <laughs> both of them having read Eat, Pray, Love, or at least read Eat, Pray. Um, you know, I don't think either of them managed to get to the love part. We get here the first kind of, you know, the the hint that maybe, uh, you know, her her kind of um, her after school job is turning into a, a proper job, and um, you know she goes she goes to um, India, and on the plane she's discussing, you know, getting all the extras um, and paying them in rice, <laughs> and it's just like. I don't know it's it's a really kind of funny kind of conversation and once they arrive at the hotel she realizes you know she's talking about how um the, you know the 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 gangi that they're going to make the fifth gangi is gangi on the ganges <laughs> which she says doesn't make any sense um and this is where she then sees Lindsay she's already seen Tobias on the plane uh, and mistaken him in his um his uh, his kind of toga type makeup uh, for a woman um, and you know, <laughs> this is where maybe gets the idea um, to kind of punish her mother, uh, or at least try to kind of force her hand and make her remember that maybe exists. Um, you know, saying to her, whilst dressed as a shaman, um, and I think there's been a, a couple of people who didn't realize it, it was maybe. Yeah,
1: the first time I watched it, I didn't realize that was her. Like, in um, in Lindsay's episode, I didn't realize it was maybe at all. Because you're not expecting her to show up, <laughs> you know, playing an yeah. Indian shaman, so... <laughs> Yes, and
0: and you know we see the priest don't yeah. squeeze the shaman line uh, once more. but I like how when asked about you know if she has any children, Lindsay thinks that the shaman is indeed coming onto her and then she realizes she has a daughter. And I like she says she's away at boarding school in England, to which maybe replies kind of under her breath, is that where we left it? Which I, I think is quite funny that, <laughs> you know, Lindsay and Tobias, neither of them realise what's going on with uh, Maybe. Something which, of course, in, I think, Tobias's No, no, in Lindsay's episode when they buy the house, you know, they have this very long conversation about what they want, and they forgot that they had a daughter <laughs> until the camera pans out and reveals that Maybe has been standing there the entire time. Oh, um and that's where we end up here, which is, a you know, they've got this gigantic house <laughs> courtesy of James Carr. And, you know, the the Funke is, um, you know, this, of course, being a, a device for um, Mitch Hurwitz to be able to have these actors at different times and not, you know, the necessity to put them in the same set. Um, so th- that's why they kind of never bump into each other while they're <laughs> in this house. Um, and maybe has enrolled in a different school for her senior year once more uh, which i think is her this is her second senior year so far so um and she talks about you know babies having babies um you know and of course tobias doing some exercise he goes "Is babies having babies on and then he tries to get up off like the rowing machine yeah. type thing he's on and kind of stumbles <laughs> Um, and there's a nice bit of kind of physical comedy. I think comedy.
1: it was a, a Pilates machine, which is just even worse, honestly.
0: <laughs> yeah. And Tobias kind of, I mean, a nice bit of kind of physical comedy from David Cross as he kind of falls over <laughs> trying to get out of the machine. Um, and Lindsay, you know, she talks about Mother's Day Eve being the most joyous day of the year, which is kind of, so I don't, that's not even a thing. Um, and nope. We get a flashback here to the the Thanksgiving that they, they did um sort of did i mean <laughs> um, the, the thanksgiving which ends up with them um you know capturing a duck that they found in the cupboard trying to cook it alive and then going to a chinese restaurant to eat it um you know and the, the longer sequences of that appear in the tobias and lindsay episodes um and then we see the other side of the tobias and lindsay episodes as they phone where lindsay has <laughs> is telling tobias you know first you know he leaves a message and then he says delete this for maybe and, Lindsay, you know, T- Tobias does the same with Lindsay. And then they both insist that the other one <laughs> is going to be raising her.
1: Uh, so awful.
0: <laughs> yes. And then we get um, <clears throat> the Widow Car, <laughs> played by um, <laughs> Kerry Russell. Um, Inexplicably. <laughs> yeah. Um, who has... Um, taken over, you know the the role of her husband, uh, being in charge of this business, and you know here we are at as the housing crisis has arrived, and of course uh, the house is being foreclosed on, um, and I like as well how she says, Tobias, you have got to call back for something called the Big Bang Theory, <laughs> um, <laughs> which oh, you know, yeah, he once again he misses his his big break, um, and um maybe stops going to high school and uh you know skips the uh, the trial of lucille so that explains why she wasn't at that trial <laughs> um and she heads to la to work at her job of course as she heads to tantamount studios or uh, well actually it's now imagine that she's working for uh, because tantamount has is is no you know she was obviously fired from that at the end of season three and, and imagine is the uh You know the the place where she's now working. Um, Kitty is also working there, and she fires maybe um, because she never got a high school diploma. Um, And Mm -hmm. they point out that uh, Ron Howard also never graduated. And I'm thinking they're saying high school here, Um, but but, yeah, yeah, (laughs) which which just seems funny to me. Um, That you know the idea that Ron Howard was spending so much time being a child actor that he he never actually uh, graduated. (laughs) um and of course uh you know after being fired maybe returns to you know what she knew which is basically being a high school senior um almost almost kind of professionally um you know she each time she just keeps going back and flunking and then kind of you know uh, going back once more um and we get as we do all the time the you know um The the kind of the graduation things. uh, The little photos. Oh yeah, the yearbook photos. Yeah, the yearbook photos. And there's so many jokes in those, we can't really go into any of them. Um, But, you know, before before going back to high school and after, you know, leaving the entertainment industry, she ends up living in the penthouse. um, And it's for, with an ostrich um something which is just an odd running joke that they added this year where this the the kind of ostriches appear here here and there um and obviously marky bark and uh lindsey end up also trying to go there so maybe uh she returns to the model home although because there's no wi-fi uh, once again another running joke in this show <laughs> that the, 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 the like there's no there's no proper facilities actually plumbed in or anything at the model home because also, there was no road that, that goes up there, you know, once Sudden Valley was completed. Um, yep. You know, that was kind of overlooked. And, you know, maybe uh, goes to high school for the third time and then the fourth time. And then, as the narrator says, it just sort of became what she did. Uh, and that <laughs> gets us back to kind of, you know, her being tutored by George Michael. Um, something I didn't mention earlier, but we have all these children who, you know, cannot count on a bus, singing 99 bottles of beer. Oh, um,
1: uh, it did not go well. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, and of course, you know, before getting tutored, maybe think she's got a 43 on her test, or maybe a 34. She's just not good with maths. <laughs> um, and, you know, even when she's been faking her death, she says for 90 minutes, it turns out it's only been seven minutes. Uh, <laughs> so, there's, there's a whole lot of counting on maths that uh, maybe is just no good at. Uh, and... You know, she finds out here that uh, that you know George Michael has. I like I like it well how we get this the talk about the roommates, which kind of leads up to the vote that happened in Michael's episode. But we yeah. we see how you know maybe is complaining about roommates, and um, you know Michael returns and says hound. Oh. and I like how maybe goes. I thought it was the other one, not really realizing of course that Michael is the other roommate, um, yeah. and Michael saying. Yes, he is the worst. (laughs) And of course, he doesn't see himself as roommates with George Michael. Um, And I like as well how kind of a running joke in this episode is maybe Mm self-esteem. And how, you know, she feels superior to her cousin and her uncle. But then she finds out about the privacy software. Um, And I like how George Michael (laughs) comes up with like a bunch of like complete nonsense Uh, to describe what fate block is. Um, you know where he talks about it's just a boolean-driven aggregate of what programs call hacker traps, which uses false metadata on top of false authentication and a fake profile that would misdirect completely uh, those users from away from anyone's personal information. And you know, in other words, when you have friends over, you know, you're listening to music and they want to steal your music or copy your movies. And he he keeps kind of going on this very long kind of story about what it does, but then he finishes just with you know it's called fake block and i, I like as well because it's super low-hanging fruit someone's gonna do it we're just gonna try and be those guys um, huh. which you know obviously you know this doesn't help maybe self-esteem but it does help george michaels <laughs> uh, and i like as well how michael says you should see his facebook page doesn't have a friend on it. Uh, oh, which... that was
1: so rough. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the narrator, of course, says that last part had nothing to do with fake block. Um, you know, Ugh. which I just I just kind of love, uh, you know, the, this idea of fake block. Obviously, in this episode, it, it gets completely expanded upon. But I like how it starts with kind of a parallel of, you know, the, the structure of the social network. And it just ends up with, you know, two people starting with an idea and then that kind of gradually kind of explodes and gets out of their control, which is what happens in the social network. But here, you know, the person who gets it to explode is completely unrelated to the actual idea and has no idea what it's actually doing. Which I just kind of, I kind of love how completely out of control it lets maybe get. Um, <laughs> but before she gets there, you know, she she goes she goes on the high on the bus back to high school, and there's two girls who basically are talking about how there's an undercover cop at the school um and you know they talk about how you know what loser pretends to be in high school in their 20s obviously this this gets to maybe um <laughs> she she talks about how it's pretty good um and you know they they kind of they think she's the cop um and you know perfecto here is asking about how you know how the tutor was Um, and, you know, is he going to take you away from me? (laughs) And I like how maybe he goes, well, not until his software hits and he can buy me an apartment.
1: So.
0: (laughs) Which, you know, I just... I kind of love how, you know, that idea is the thing that then seeds the rest of what happens in the episode, Um, you know. And at this particular point, we get a little bit of a kind of, um, you know, crossover with some earlier episodes. But here we see maybe... Um, doing what she she's previously done. She does it. She orders a McKellen neat, and then when asked for ID, she goes, "Oh, can we make it a uh, marry me a wild turkey?" And she just puts a "marry me" in there as like you know the ID. And yes, of course, she has yeah, she has fake ID, but in the wrong direction.
1: Sneak <laughs> back into which, high school.
0: <laughs> yeah, which of course. She then reveals that she is in fact 23, um, and she already has a bar tab going, which is you know something that gets explained in a different episode. Um, And you know she then, as she's drinking, she sees uh, Officer Taylor and Officer Carter, obviously the you know the cops who have appeared a number of times uh, on this show, and they are there with Perfecto, who is flashing a badge, (laughs) which. Uh, Maybe doesn't completely see and if you watch the episode you can see that like the light glints off it and you can't really see what it says mm-hmm. from maybe's angle. and of course um, you know he, you know this is where she thinks Perfecto is a cop um, and uh, <laughs> and as she returns to high school, she meets up with Barry Zuckercorn um, and I, Barry's character has taken a kind of odd turn in this season <laughs> um, and here we have him, you know, I like when when she says, what are you doing here? And he goes, I could ask the same thing. And she goes, I go to high school. And he goes, I could answer the same thing. I was just looking for something more believable. <laughs> Which, you know. um. uh, Barry, Barry being very well versed here on the, the law about, um, you know, uh, who can be in the school. Um, and he, he says here that, you know, uh, it's illegal to enroll after age 21. And you cannot even look. And I like how he goes, look, look like, straight away. <laughs> and then he's like, what do they got cameras in the bushes? Why would they do that? You can't even see into the locker rooms here. Oh, no, uh, Barry. <laughs> yeah. And I love as well how, you know, uh, this whole thing maybe kind of is get, he's trying to get ready to set perfecto up. Um, and... Barry says get something incriminating on him and he's like you know we can keep a record for billing and so forth and of course she takes a photo of Barry next to the school and he goes and and saying you know so I can follow up on my own bill and of course he goes very good he goes you should be the lawyer very good pro bono and they like high five and then he decides to do it pro bono and I kind of just love this this, you know this blackmailing between the two of them (laughs) Um, you know so that neither of them ends up paying Um, and you know Uh, We see the ostrich that is loose in the penthouse it's funny because over the series obviously each person after Lucille has left each person keeps coming back to the the penthouse after the ostrich has been let loose in there and Nobody ever bothers to try and clear it up or get it out of the you know the building or you know They just keep letting it run wild Um, and Lindsay has taken the uh, the gangi Four colon facelift uh, check um which you know uh maybe should have been getting and as maybe is looking for that royalty check she sees that she is getting an op uh which you know to for a lifelong life lifetime achievement award um which i think is quite funny uh you know that obviously they're deciding that <laughs> at age 20 something she her career essentially is over um and obviously that's something that will play into her um you know talking at facebook later on uh, fake fake blocks, should I say? Even yes. Um, the fake block. Yeah, the, the yeah. It's a, a lot like the Netflix. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> and of course, uh, we we find out that uh, you know Perfecto, um, you know, is, is seventeen, um, and uh, she decides that uh, maybe will feel better after she has got a little Mexican in her, um, you know, which is something that obviously yeah <laughs> but you know uh, i like then how because this episode I, I mean i feel like we're kind of breathlessly running through it but there is so much stuff that kind of keeps happening it was jam-packed um, you know <laughs> this we find out that she's the one who gave the model home away to the crew of to entrap a local predator <laughs> uh you know which she she did to get some money and when she turns up at the LP, she runs into jeff garland playing Mort Myers once more <laughs> um and she also runs into Isla Fisher as Rebel Ally, who, you know, is her friend, because obviously they've they've travelled in the same kind of circles. Um, and <laughs> Mort Myers is basically saying that her career is over because, you know, they've got the... Uh, she's getting the OP Lifetime Achievement Award. Um, and he's started up a, uh, a new company. Um, you know, everyone is basically getting into the internet and, of course, maybe understands none of it at all and is very easily impressed by it. Um, and I like how Myers here, you know, he, he's got this company called Schnoodle, um, you know, which has a programmable overlay, upscalable multi- t- multi-tenancy pipeline across multi-user overseas <laughs> financial transactions. Oh, my God. And he's got 18,000 hats. <laughs> <laughs> so that is all he has done, basically. He's come up with a name and made 18,000 hats. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I like that this kind of calls back to the time where, um, you know, in the early 2000s we had like the first kind of dot com bubble and there was this kind of thing where if you just had a good enough name mm-hmm. you could end up getting tons and tons of cash before anyone actually figured out what your service was offering um, and the most famous example of that is pets.com oh god which, <laughs> yeah <laughs> which which spent literally I think for every, it, it, when they went bankrupt they figured out that for every customer that they got they ended up spending something like $11,000 in advertising oh my god and You know, most most of the customers ended up basically spending like two or three hundred pounds, so it wasn't even worth it. But it's just crazy. But I do like the idea that we're kind of back in that kind of frame here, where people can just have like a name of a company, like Schnoodle, and (laughs) and have eighteen thousand hats, and that's a company. Um, and I, you know, Rebel Alley obviously, you know, talks about her sister getting pregnant. And uh, you know that, so she has to show up at the Opies uh, to give out the awards. And you know this is where you know uh, more Myers. <laughs> I like he says, if you need a name, I'm the guy who came up with Schnoodle. <laughs>
1: Terrible.
0: <laughs> yeah, and this is where maybe starts talking up Fate Block. And this this kind of turn explains what happens in. Uh, George Michael's later episode. But it's interesting because, you know, having watched this season, the the characters are, although they've got their solo episodes, they end up kind of being paired up. So you have Michael's storyline that kind of intersects a little bit with Job's storyline. You have Oscar's storyline, which leads into Lucille's storyline. And a little bit of Lucille's storyline then leads into Buster. Maybe, obviously, turns up in George Michael's episodes before she turns up in her own episode here. And then she, you know, returns in in George Michael's later episode. And, you know, we also get some crossover from Michael through George Michael's episodes and George Senior's episodes and then into Job's episodes. And so characters are really kind of, although they're alone, they're also kind of a lot of the times paired up. And obviously Lindsay and Tobias... They each have two episodes and they're both in each other's episodes quite a lot. (laughs) They can't escape Um, each other. um, And then obviously maybe kind of is also featured a little bit in each of Tobias's and Lindsay's episodes as well. Here we have maybe suggesting that, you know, fake block is going to be huge. Um, (laughs) And I like how she says, this could be big for me. I could make fake block huge. Which, when we get to the fact that they have an aircraft hangar, we find out she actually does this. This is something that she's very successful at. Um, And of course... George Michael insists there is no company, it's just some software, and, you know, you can't be telling people about it.
1: Okay, yeah, so, like, DVD.com is a thing, it was Quickster, <laughs> and you can't, it's DVD.com, yeah. a Netflix company, so you can get just your discs, because, you know what, sometimes the internet's hard to understand, they're all those tubes, sometimes they break, why not have a truck bring it to you, <laughs> 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 it's very. So it is a real thing It just doesn't have a stupid name They're like DVD.com You know what it is You know what you're about Yeah they, well this is it Yeah they were going to give it a different name
0: And so I think the fact that she's talking about the Netflix yeah. Is obviously a little oh, bit of a definitely. jab At the fact that Netflix was going to go for a different name And of course I just love this metaphor here where she says um, you know George Michael do you think they invite the animals and then ask them to wait while they build the zoo and of course George Michael goes no that would be a bloodbath <laughs> and, so, and of course this is where she gets the idea to to get the seed money basically to start the company that will become Fate Block and you know she says she's going to become a Harris <laughs> um, which <laughs> George Michael then thinks she's saying a Harris and then you know she says oh no no you can still be the boss um, and then this is where she decides that she doesn't she doesn't want them to be known as cousins. So he has to change his name, basically. Um, and this is where we end up, kind of in a roundabout way, getting to the point where George Michael introduces himself to Rebel Alley as George Maharis. And um, you know, <laughs> this is the narrator underlines the joke for you by saying George Michael Bluth finally got a new name. Um, it felt like a good fit, strong, rugged untainted <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> um, and I like how when maybe spots perfecto she says perfecto out loud and <laughs> George Michael replies by saying de nada. <laughs> now obviously maybe does not speak any Spanish um, in, in fact you know Spanish is a, a language which eludes most of the blues <laughs> uh, being as they they still think that brotheros is an actual uh, oh, word yeah. um, you know and maybe <laughs> tries to set herself up to trap Perfecto as a predator, uh, obviously unaware where that will lead, um, and you know she says here that you know he is he is a cop, um, you know, and she says there it is that cop stare, and then she says I find it very sexy. Of course, Perfecto kind of you know plays along with it, and he's like, okay, I'm a cop, I'm working undercover, and then he says we're we're hunting down an ex CIA operative named Estevez who's gone rogue. Um, which I'm not sure what that's a reference to but I think it's obviously Perfecto is just making something up off the top of his head um, because why would an undercover cop you know be um, you know going after someone who's ex-CIA or something it just doesn't make any sense but yeah
1: at a high school (laughs) yeah uh,
0: maybe he doesn't realise you know obviously he's a huge fan of Zack and Cody um, (laughs) (laughs) and you know he thinks that something might be going down at Cinco um, you know and I like how he says when when maybe says you know you are good he goes I have to be young lives depend on it I really should point out that um, uh, Eli Vargas who plays Perfecto uh, he previously appeared on Arrested Development um, he is the young child who says the word chicklet to to oh, Joe no. <laughs> and, and actually causes the first ever chicken dance um, so it, it's it's quite funny that they've like brought him back here you know but in a completely different role. Um, you know, and I I just, I, just I just, love that he kind of gets into the kind of undercover cop thing uh, really quickly and kind of fools maybe. And we get a little bit of, you know, crossing over here as we see George Senior um, from his second episode uh, running up past and, um, you know, taking the check from Lindsay to Herbert Love, um, who says, I'm going to put this on my wall. <laughs> um, you know, which, yeah. And then, of course... Uh, We see that Lindsay is there getting um, some shrimp. And this is where she finally runs into Maybe. Um, And, you know, I like as well how we kind of get this weird thing where uh, no matter what Maybe says, Lindsay keeps trying to turn it around so that she's done something good. So when she's like, you know, she says she's getting a lifetime achievement for her work in the entertainment business, she goes, tell your therapist. And she goes, I'm not in therapy. And she goes, then I must have done something right. (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) Lindsay. Yeah, and then we get maybe a speech which she decides to lace with profanity. Um, you know, uh, after Kirk Cameron has given a very biblically introduction, and you know she says, "Tie yourself to a chair. This is going to be a rough ride." And then she just keeps going on, you know, swearing left, right, and centre. Um, <laughs> in the middle of it all, saying, "I'm starting fake block with Judge Maharis, the world's first anti-social network." And then she, you know, finishes off. <laughs> I like how, as she goes to leave, she comes back on and goes, "Please welcome the talented voices of Phineas and Ferb." <laughs>
1: yes, so and then gets chased she... off by security.
0: <laughs> yes, and of course, as she's chased off by security, she runs through Job's first episode um, <laughs> as he is backstage trying to, um, you know, trying to um, uh, sabotage Tony Wonder's trick, um, and. You know, this is where we end up with what is kind of like the, the oddest things because it sets up stuff that's happened in Lindsay's episode before we know why it's happened in Lindsay's episode. Because Lindsay's episode was a, a few episodes before this, her second episode um, where she ended up with Herbert Love. So we now find out that she was basically being hauled out by uh, Maybe. <laughs> Maybe was pimping her mother out to Herbert Love's manager. And I love as well how... We end up with the situation where, you know, the campaign manager for Herbert Love asks, you know, um, if the redhead is Maybes. And, of course, um, you know, she, she, he says that, you know, discretion is appreciated. And, of course, maybe says, I'm the discreetiest. And then, of course, <laughs> the manager says, and I, I love this because, obviously, you know, there's an understanding of what they're doing. But then the manager goes, just to be clear, I want to hire her for prostitution. And then she goes, yes, no, Definitely that was clear i'm going <laughs> to charge you for that <laughs> so, so if anyone wanted to cap- capture them in this kind of illegal act they have you know they have the, the they've already kind of got the you know the, it just laid out clearly you don't need to entrap them they're basically saying it mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and you know this is how maybe gets the seed money and becomes her mother's pimp. And In the background, um, Herbert Love, played by Terry Crews, of course, wonderful in the role. He keeps talking about the wall and how China are going to have to rename theirs the good wall of China. And how this wall is going to be good. And he keeps going about the wall in the background mm-hmm. while this transaction is taking place to one side. You know, it happens that Lindsay has nowhere to stay. So she ends up coming to maybe at the model home. And, you know, basically <laughs> when she arrives, she goes, free be <laughs> uh, so obviously you know that kind of running joke is once again brought back and we see a very quick flash of Lindsay in the slut shirt at the men's prison and maybe realizing of course um you know that it's going to be a lot easier to pimp her out than she had expected you know she thought she was going to have to try and trick her but she just basically has to make the phone call i like as well how <laughs> we get we get the reappearance here of jim kramer um, now, I would say between Jim Cramer's original appearances and his appearances here, obviously in between there was the housing crash. Yeah. And Jim Cramer, I, if anyone remembers it, he went on The Daily Show and Jon Stewart basically tore him a new one saying how he was dishonest and you know kind of misled people and didn't know what he was doing and all that kind of stuff. So I find it hard to kind of, you know a- after that, kind of take Jim Cramer as anything more than a person who just yells and screams on TV and is kind of, um, as as most people would know, a little bit right-wing. Obviously, he's on Fox, so it's to be expected. But, um, you know, I, I personally don't think it's as, as funny as it was before to have Jim Cramer on, but I do kind of like how this is, like, the stupidest thing he does where he says, you know, it, the, the kind of fake block got a mention on Mad Money. Yes,
1: um, as know. a hypothetical buy. <laughs> It's not even a stock yet, or a real thing. He doesn't know.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: for all I know, it's not even real, yeah.
0: <laughs> is what he says. Um, <laughs> I just kind of love it so much. And then we get, you know, a shot of Gangy 4, you know, courtesy of Tantamount Pictures, where you see Jim Kramer going, uh, I'm raising the alert level from don't leave the house to board up your windows. <laughs> Over the coming days, maybe uses her mother to get, you know, a lot of money from the Herbert Love campaign um and you know i like how they talk about how she does it discreetly and she ends up throwing this money all over the bar by accident and she yeah goes, i dropped the whore money <laughs> <laughs> and i love as well how we get this we get this thing with um you know she's she's in the model home she's sitting there kind of like eating you know terrible food and then she goes this is disgusting, what am I doing? And just throws the kind of parmesan and mustard out and then she goes, I've got money coming in. And then she goes off to eat. Um, And, you know, she starts setting up the fake block office and paying for it with stock options, which, you know, is kind of such a, you know, a kind of VC type thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she gets George Michael a cool retro company car, which, of course, is the stair car. Um, I'm guessing successfully unwedged from where George Michael left it. Um, or maybe this is just a new version of that same car. I'm not sure. Yep. And I like here, this is this is probably one of the funniest jokes in the season, which is maybe, you know, revealing that they've rented an office and they're, you know, setting it up. And she says, with a little help from a wealthy benefactor, Lucille 2. And, of course, George Michael goes, oh, Gangi. And she goes, no, Lucille 2, Astero. And he goes, I I don't know who that is. <laughs> and, and maybe maybe then goes, You don't? And he goes, Never met the woman. And that is actually one hundred percent true. In the in the course of all four series of Arrested Development, George Michael has never shared a scene with Lucille Lostero. And so of course she has no idea he has no idea who she is. Um and I just kinda like as well how, you know, michael Sarah delivers it the, those lines so seriously and he's like nope i don't know who she is and it's just it's like it's kind of a, a very meta joke kind of uh, you know made flesh in this really this kind of like clever because you know if you're a fan you think to yourself well actually when you know have they met and uh, and you realize no no they never have so why would he know who lucy lostero is um and, of course, maybe reveals that she will actually be driving the stair car because it was part of the deal. You know, he, he gets the, a 1988 yellow Cadillac as, uh, you know, her car um, is, is given to him. And I love how he goes, she, she only uses it to, to get to and from hip replacements. <laughs> and then she starts laughing and then he starts, she starts and goes, oh, I guess it's only funny if you know who she is. <laughs> it's such a, such a kind of great joke. And, you know, this is where, you know, maybe pays to have the model home, um, a few you know, sprayed for pests. And uh, <laughs> and we get the return of Steve Holt. Steve
1: Holt. <laughs>
0: and, you know, when she sees the bill, she goes, uh, I used to date a guy called Steve Holt. And Steve Holt obviously delivers his <laughs> Steve Holt. And then maybe goes, yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Steve Holt says, "Heck of a birthday!" This is shit to be. <laughs> um, and we we, we see uh, we see that Steve Holt obviously his uh, his uh, his bug off the top of his van gets knocked off, um, and we see Michael and Job fighting to get to the model home. Uh, and Michael delivers the line, which is actually this is like the weirdest thing. This is from. Um, George Senior's episode not Michael's or Joe's episode (laughs) where he says there are some vultures I think they might still smell Pete of course Pete the mailman uh, has died Um, and maybe (laughs) maybe is trying to seduce Perfecto and she practices a line saying this top is completely see through and uh, I'll put it on and show you and then she's like where am I supposed to wear this and she's kind of like you know coming up with the idea of, of how to seduce a 17 year old um Whilst at the same time pimping her mum out, and also coming up with fake block, and the narrator points out that she has three jobs, <laughs> as well as being a high school senior, and she is doing all three jobs really well. Um And I like that when she goes to meet the uh, the campaign advisor, he says we have to be discreet, but she doesn't hear it, so we like have to get <laughs> it again. Uh, once again, they they whenever in all their transactions, they are never discreet at all. It would have been so easy for. Herbert loved to have been caught but uh, you know, alas it does not happen um, and of course uh, you know, we get to the fake block hangar um, which is just like one of my favourite things that you know, maybe has managed to talk up so much money that she's she's got a hangar that can hold over 500 <laughs> nerds <laughs> uh, and she takes the uh, you know, the, uh, the golf buggy from Mort Myers who she has you know, hired and um, and she she then drives off explaining you know how fast they're going to have to ramp up and uh, you know just worry about the app being done on time for the public unveiling at Cinco and we, we actually get a kind of timeline here because we find out that Cinco is in 3 days uh, but nope uh, George Michael is thinking of the wrong Cinco this is Cinco culture <laughs> Uh, which <laughs> which is in two days um, and you know the announcement is going to be on a boat which I, f- I feel like is the you know the advice of Barry Zuckercorn coming through there um, you know go you know take to see. Um and because <laughs> then you'll never have to pay taxes um, and you know George Michael says that they should delay the keynote because his his software isn't even and he says re- and it sounds like he's going to say real but then he changes it to yeah ready um, and And then, obviously, you know, (laughs) maybe says that she's, uh, you know, they're on the hook for, you know, a ton of money. Uh, And George Michael, at this particular point, fires maybe. Um, I think it's just funny how maybe has been so dedicated to all these different jobs and has managed to basically start up a company that has absolutely nothing behind it. Uh, which obviously is, you know, a very kind of pointed comment on uh, on some stuff from Silicon Valley, I feel.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And we then arrive at uh, maybe finally, successfully um, seducing Perfecto. And then after that seduction, which Lucille 2 sees... Uh, although I don't think she has any lines in this episode, does she, uh, Liza Minnelli? Um, no, I think we just see her door. briefly. Yeah, and that's, that's as much as we we see of uh, Lucille 2... Um, Obviously, she's adopted Perfecto because, um, you know, she wants to put herself on the right side of of immigration. Um, And, um, you know, this is where maybe runs into Michael and we get the whole vote thing being completely reworked again with Michael giving various different scenarios. Um, And, you know, once again, we get the idea that someone is doing a movie about the family and maybe saying, you know, maybe it's a TV show. Uh, Obviously, kind of going back on on the final words of Development Arrested there. Um, And then, you know, maybe after escaping from Michael, goes back to seducing what she thinks is an undercover cop. Um, And (laughs) Herbert Love, um, you know, at Cinco, Herbert Love is there, and Lucille too, um, you know, after seeing uh, maybe in Perfecto's room, um, you know, she's she's now at Cinco campaigning against Herbert Love and Herbert Love has a severance uh, package for Lindsay who runs into uh, maybe once more. At this point, i, I just realised that Tobias doesn't share any scenes with maybe aside from the stuff uh, from the kind of Queen Mary where he's singing in the background. Um, but uh, yeah, and... Um, <laughs> We also... uh, I've also skipped over, and I I feel like I should have mentioned it, but in the the large meeting that takes place at the penthouse where all the family are, uh, maybe tries to impress upon her mother that she was the shaman by saying that she's full of shit, and (laughs) Lindsay takes that as a compliment. But we get to see that um, Anne is sitting by the side of the the sofa, Uh, something which was revealed in Job's episode. Um, but uh, we get half the room, so you don't actually get to see Buster or um, Lucille or George Sr. Um, you only get kind of like a little bit of Michael as well from that scene. And uh, Buster, is, uh, Buster is off camera, but Tobias is also hiding kind of behind a bush. <laughs> um, so there's, it's only this really tight corner where Anne is kind of between the sofas that uh, you, you kind of see a different angle. Maybe at this particular point, she, she's been pimping her mother out. And Lindsay reveals that she was the one who took the $50,000 check um, and gives, you know, maybe a little bit of money. <laughs> and, of course, she, she says, now, if you choose to do facial reconstruction, and she gives, you know, I mean the nose, right? And, um, you know, obviously thinking that it was from Gangue for facelift uh, rather than, you know, being, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, the a royalty check... Uh, She thought it was specifically for some kind of surgery. Um, And then, you know, I like how, uh, you know, maybe and, uh, you know, Perfecto, they kind of, uh, they meet up and Perfecto reveals um, that (laughs) he is, in fact, 17. Um, And they're in the midst of what is about about to be the blowback for Cinco de Cuatro. You know, obviously... Mexican people not happy with their holiday being hijacked, um, and and uh, you know he, Herbert David the campaign manager is looking for Herbert Love, um, and obviously Herbert Love is is uh, is kind of missing something which kind of plays out in other episodes, and we find out here that Perfecto was actually you know um, he had a badge that was an anti-bullying badge, oh. <laughs> um, and which means that he is actually seventeen. Um, and maybe is 23. In the background, of course, we get a little bit of put up this wall going on, the, the chant that uh, Herbert Love has started. Um, and maybe, of course, says that they messed around, and we get a quick shot of someone stealing home, and we figure out that they did way more than just fooling around, which, you know, I. <laughs> and, of course, uh, you know, Lucille 2 is the only witness to this, uh, you know, this act and the narrator is about to say that maybe he was going to admit she's made a huge mistake but maybe cuts him off and goes no I'm fine (laughs) (sighs) so she's she's the only kind of member of the family who kind of has no regrets about anything Uh, and then we get the on the next where we we kind of go the furthest ahead in the timeline a little bit I think because there's um, there's a there's a a cop that questions George Senior in one of his episodes that I think is Probably after this, um, in terms of the timeline, uh, probably the, like the next morning, maybe, uh, and we see the the staircar, and we see blood down the steps, and of course Sally Sitwell, the campaign manager, says, "That's the way she usually falls," <laughs> um, and people ask if she's going to run in her place, and of course, as Sally Sitwell walks away, we see someone painting "Vote for Sitwell" on the side of the staircar. Uh, so once again, you know, Sitwell taking over belief. Um mm-hmm. And then we get the kind of payoff for all the perfecto stuff. Uh, you know, maybe he thought she was going to be fine, but it turns out that Donnie Richter was actually Rocky Richter. And he is an undercover cop pretending to be an algebra teacher. And he arrests, <laughs> maybe. Um, and she realises she's going to have to live in Southern Valley. And I think it's funny, actually, because, you know, she, she kind of lays out the whole thing saying, I'm 17, you're 23, it's a major felony. And... I love how Rocky is acting like Donnie and then he turns into Rocky, which is some, you know, that's some great acting from yeah. Andy Richter playing those two kind of roles. Um, Cause he, he's kind of changes real, you know, he pulls off the <laughs> wig and he's like, I, I'm Rocky Richter. <laughs> um, now previously Rocky Richter had been billed as Rocky Richter Wang. So I don't know why, why his name has changed just to Rocky Richter, but uh, yeah. So, and then of course, uh, that is the end of the episode,
1: um,
0: you know. And it's so so many kind of like different stories kind of intersecting mm-hmm. there, uh, and so many kind of like back ja- background jokes. Um, and you know, there is even a, a nice little joke where you know George George Michael uh, has been aged by the harsh winds of the sea, um, which is obviously a comment on the fact that Michael Sarah is like five or six years older than he last was <laughs> yeah. on the show. Um, you know, so. It's, it's kind of, you know, there's so many kind of uh, jokes crammed into this episode. We obviously have, uh, you know, a, a lot of kind of intersecting stories. And maybe, you know, obviously, like I said, she's mostly paired off with George Michael's episodes. Um, you know, she kind of rarely appears in any of the other episodes, uh, apart from the appearance as the, the shaman. Um, so, you know, it's kind of interesting how many different plots they put into this Um almost i would say to the point where it feels like um you know one of the the kind of the original series episodes you know so many kind of intersecting storylines mm-hmm. um you know and the return of so many kind of characters like um, you know Kitty even though she's only in like one, one scene and Officer Taylor and Officer Carter you know the return of Steve Holt again just for one scene uh, you know Mort Myers there's a, there's a lot of kind of like returning characters here you know even a silent anvil you know <laughs> sitting quietly in the corner you know and I just, I just kind of love how each episode kind of giving the focus to the, the characters is obviously an interesting idea And a lot of people didn't enjoy the season because of that. But I think putting, you know, uh, kind of maybe at the centre of an episode is obviously interesting because in previous, you know, (laughs) in previous uh, episodes, maybe would never be the centre of, like, much Mm -hmm. of a plot. Uh, You know, she would always be either paired off with George Michael or she would be paired off with her parents. Um, You know, on rare occasions, she would interact with Lucille... You know, who would talk about her thick wrists, or she would, you know, interact with Michael singing Afternoon Delight. And so I think it's, you know, this is a really good showcase for Alia Shawkat, um, because she has so much to do in this episode uh, and, and kind of use up so many different plots one after the other so quickly. Uh, and, you know, obviously, 33 minutes, there's a lot of episode to get through, mm. but I think they kind of fill it with so much stuff. Um, and, you know, in particular, putting Alia Shawkat at the center of it, you know, I think she really carries the episode.
1: Yeah. And the reason I wanted to do this episode for the, from the fourth season is because maybe was my favorite character from previous seasons. I don't want to say she's horrible. <laughs> They're all terrible in their own little ways. <laughs> but what really uh, struck me was that she has a lot of hustle. Like you mentioned... She's doing three jobs and being a high school senior and actually at that point kind of doing okay at it, I think. I couldn't tell if that A she got on that math test was just a prank to, like... You know, the only A you're getting is like whatever handcuffs. I don't remember how that joke went, <laughs> but uh, she's you know holding down three jobs, and she's actually good. She's holding down three jobs, <laughs> and she's actually good at raising money for this not real company, but people don't know that. <laughs> she's she's a pretty good pimp. She's she's good at various crimes, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> yeah Yeah,
0: and and she and she she successfully stops barry from charging her any money as well she like blackmails him almost instantly
1: oh yeah she's like very street smart she may not have like school smarts (laughs) but she knows like what to do when it counts i think i think if fake block sorry to spoil this for anyone who hasn't finished if fake block had been a real company she would have been an amazing person to have on the staff she knows how to get things done
0: yeah, I particularly like how she's doing a presentation and she has so much confidence that she like drops she, she like drops the pointer and then she like pushes yes. a chair over.
1: <laughs> yes. So oh, it's like doing
0: a, doing a mic drop but then doing a chair drop as well just on top of it to sh- show how much confidence she has in this company. Um, exactly. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. Uh, yeah, and you know, obviously Alia Shawkat, you know, be- from from after you know, arrested development until the return in season four, you know, she did a few films. Um, she was in that one with Juno. What's that film called? Where she does the roller derby. Uh, oh,
1: it. um, um, oh, whip it. Whip yes. It.
0: That's yeah. It. So she, you know, and she's really kind of funny in that, um, you know, so she, she kind of, uh, it's funny cause obviously <laughs> I, I guess the, the joke about her kind of constantly returning to school and being a senior five times in a row, is also a play on the fact that, you know, a lot of child actors um, end up stuck kind of playing um, Mm -hmm. as, as, you know, as, as she was in Whippet, you know, she's like two years older than she was in Arrested Development and she's still playing like a 17 year old. Um, Yeah. And, you know, and so that's, and uh, that's something that obviously happens, you know, Mae Whitman as well, you know, she was in the Duff where she was, you know, like 25 or something. And she's playing like a, you know an 18 year old or something and it's just like so this idea that people constantly you know these actors can't can't kind of age up and they get stuck playing high school seniors for years after the fact is, yeah. is kind of you know is evident with the fact that after this alia shortcut and may whitman and michael Sarah all ended up you know between season three and season four of arrest <laughs> development stuck playing high school seniors in any films that were kind of coming along um, and you know obviously the same applies to like Ellen Page as well you know the the, the idea that kind of three years after Juno she's still playing high school seniors um, you know yeah. is, is quite funny um, so obviously there's a little bit of a kind of meta commentary there but uh, yeah I think you know I think obviously it's a pity that Alia Shawkat you know obviously maybe didn't get like a second episode but mm-hmm. she's in so much of the kind of the first George Michael episode that it kind of feels like that's you know a little bit of a shared episode and obviously Michael Sarah's in a lot of this episode as well so Um, you know obviously they were they were scheduled together for a reason Um, and I think also the kind of chemistry between them as cousins um, and you know obviously the hint at something more um, the the show had basically at the end of season 3 said they were not cousins you know Lindsay is adopted George Mm -hmm. Michael is not related to her in any way obviously you know, Michael feels that, they, that those, they shouldn't get together, even because that is true, because you know, they, they have grown up together, you know, as cousins, and they've, you know, over the kind of few years before that, they are like family. So even if they aren't really family, they shouldn't be getting together. But uh, there is always kind of like the fact that in George Michael's episodes, he is trying to angle for that to be, you know, the situation for them to get back together. Um, and I think it's funny that, you know, maybe he doesn't kind of think about that at all. After he says they want to be less serious, she kind of focuses on, on Perfecto and he's completely, you know, away from George Michael. And obviously that helps why in, in the George Michael episode where, you know, he's tutoring her, you know obviously he doesn't really stand a chance because she has a boyfriend in Perfecto and mm-hmm. he's saying you know is this guy going to steal you away from me and she's like no so you know it's obvious that maybe he's kind of moved on but George Michael hasn't but still there's always that kind of tension and those two actors together are always really good yeah. um, and you know it's it's just fun to see Michael Sarah kind of in, in that role as George Michael because he is so good at doing that and you know obviously Alia Shawkat is great being this terrible person that maybe he is <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I don't think there's anything else to say about this episode, so uh, we should go to plugs. Is there anything that you have to plug, Amber?
1: No, nah, all I have now is still is my Instagram account. It's at that inner glow. If you want to look at some pictures of dogs, I got that. Sometimes I'm on there. You don't have to look at those. Just look at the dog pictures. <laughs> They're really good. This is still mainly the podcast that I've been on. I've been on an episode of Ladies Love Paul Rudd. If you want to hear me wax poetic about Paul Rudd and Richard Ayoade you can go check that out but um yep that's
0: it okay and obviously if you want to follow us on twitter you can find us at a huge mistake pod or you can find us on facebook at huge mistake podcast uh thanks for being my guest once more here Amber of course and otherwise goodbye bye